This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I'm Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. And today we have two very special guests. Tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Kristen Knapp. I am a meteorologist in St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, that means I'm on television. I'm the one that gives you the weather. And um, the reason why I know these two is because not all that long ago, I was listening to an episode where they were absolutely railing on meteorologists. So, um, Doug made the mistake of putting his last name on his name tag at Economy. And uh, I turned around and I saw it and I go, hey, you. I have a bone to pick with you. So I told him, and uh, they extended this uh, olive branch of this lovely Mile High Fi t-shirt that I'm wearing, and we became fast friends, and here we are. It was surprising. I was just sitting there drinking a beer, and then you told me all about it. But it was, it was great to meet you. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's all good. We've, we've uh, water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> And I am Dusty Young, a fellow Longmont resident, and I've been on the Mile High Five podcast before, so I also am sporting this lovely attire. So apparently if you're just on the podcast, you get a free shirt. And I do have the Mile High High underwear on right now, but none of you (laughs) want to see that, so maybe later. What color are they? Please tell me this is only reserved for Doug. Wait, wait. So, so what color were they originally? Or what color were they? <laughs> Inside or outside? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we are at Camp Fi, week two, Rocky Mountain, sometime in July. I've lost track of days at this point. Stephen invited us back. And, uh, yeah, we're hanging out for a little bit. And we have a live studio audience again. And they submitted questions all day long. We have some really good ones. I think there might be some weather-related ones, oh, too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. And Dusty is uh, an excellent reader, and Carl and I struggle with that sometimes. So Dusty's going to read many of the questions, and we're just going to field them. Yeah. So let's get to it. So the first question, what is the biggest lifestyle or other changes that happen between 2.5 million invested and 5 million invested or 10 million invested? If any, assuming that you are relatively frugal but love to travel. You're all looking at me, and I would say uh, there aren't any. Um, after you've reached that amount of money, it's all pretty good. Like, uh, is this question assuming travel? Like, what could it change for travel? Or? Sure, assume that, yeah. I don't know. I think the best way to travel for me, at least, is to go to a place like Plop Down and live like a local for a month. And that also happens to be a pretty cheap way to travel. I can't. Um, I don't think it changes much of anything for me. And I'll jump in. And so they're saying 2.5, 5, and 10 million. And I think there's a big, I mean, it's a 4X difference, right? If I'm doing math correctly. <laughs> so I would say there's probably some difference where you could take some better trips and do Private like more. Private jets. Yeah, you could do a little <laughs> bit more. 
Or at least I know some people would be nervous with 2.5, depending on their age. So if they're, say, 35, 2.5 versus 10, huge difference. So what do, what do you think of that, Carl, right? Different ages. I don't know. You know, I think the one thing I've done, and I have, I've talked about this since the Remit episode, like I've been thinking a lot about how I could spend money, and it's not so much what I would do because I have that amount, but I guess you've got a little bit more security with that amount. So my idea is to rent a castle or something like that somewhere or a, a beach house and invite all my friends, maybe y'all over there, uh, and just have a big party. So I guess if you've got more money, maybe the castle would be a little bit bigger. I, I don't know. Life is pretty good as it is. I don't really want much of anything else. Maybe fancier beer, Doug. Like, Doug, what's the best beer you could buy for us? Uh, but even the Belgium stuff, if you go to Belgium, it's not that expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But so, Kristen, you said a private jet. I've never been on such a thing. Have you? Ah, uh, yeah, one time I was, um, not, I, I didn't, okay, okay, hang on, let me figure out how I'm going to tell this story. Um, I think I was going up in the helicopter for the TV station and we used the same, um, like little mini airport that private jets came in and out of and somebody was taking up a jet to like test something and like, Hey, want to come along? And I'm like, sure, why not? And then I ended up in a private jet for like an hour. Yeah. Was, was it good or? Um, you know, I, I can't say that I was that impressed. Honestly, I would probably never. I, I don't need all that. It's, it's got to be better than Frontier or Spirit like this. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I like to do um, business class on points. So I would think if I had, like, big money, like the $10 million you're talking about, maybe I wouldn't have to worry about the points game anymore, and I would just, like, pay for those. Because have you, have you gone there yet? Have you tried some business class seats? Nope. It's pretty special. Okay. We can't, can't go back. <laughs> he just got TSA pre-check, so he's he's new to luxury travel. I'm a slow learner. Yeah. Anything so, from you? Well, I just thought you guys missed an opportunity to have a mile high joke in there. Oh, yeah. oh. This private jet. By the way, every time I wear your all shirts, people yeah. just think it says Mile High Club. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not what it says. <laughs> and it's funny, when we came up with the brand, like we thought that was gonna be the whole thing and then we kind of forget about it, obviously, right? Right. We had a lob right there and we, we failed, but good for you, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> You did have the private jet, I guess, if there's any <laughs> Were you wearing the shirt at the time? No. This was like 15 years ago in Cincinnati, yeah. Okay. So I really love this next question, and I'm hoping that people are going to lean in. So how do you move from a low cost of living to a high cost of living area, like Longmont, while pursuing Phi? Do you want to talk about it, Dusty? You kind of yeah. did it, right? Uh, I did. So I acquired rentals in Michigan, um, and use the rental income to, you know, make it possible for me to move to Colorado. And then once I got to Longmont, I Airbnb my upstairs and I live in my downstairs and that pays for my housing. Is, for those of us that aren't aware, is Longmont a high cost of living area? I'll let Carl feel that. He owns yeah. the most real estate in Longmont. I don't know. I guess it depends where you're coming from. If you're coming from New York or San Francisco, mm. we, we have lots of people who come from San Francisco that are like, oh, it's so cheap here. But I guess if you're coming from Michigan, it's expensive. I think it's probably yeah. kind of in the middle, right, maybe? I don't know. What do you think, Doug? You've lived different places. Yeah, maybe like on the middle higher end. But yeah, if you're coming from a big city, I think, you know, Longmont or Colorado is generally like pretty cheap. Yeah, we do have three Taco Bells there. 
Is that that's the metric? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Used to be able to get the five dollar box, now it's like eight dollars. So I don't know what it's like in New York City, but inflation. Mm. Did Ramit teach you nothing? You can afford the eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I get dessert too. Okay. All right. So the next one, are you more afraid of dying young or running out of money? Reference no. from Jordan's no. book. Yeah, this is something I want to answer because I swear on Wednesday I had convinced myself that I was near death and I could talk about why later on. And um, that was kind of disturbing because I have kids and I, at least I want to live long enough to see them through. But I think, and I actually I was prepared for this question. And uh, Did you write this question? I did not write it, although <laughs> I think I did. So I am not afraid of death, but the running out of, or I am afraid of death, I'm afraid of dying now. But the running out of money, so at last week's Camp Fly, Diana, who's the head of economy, gave a great talk, and she said that we shouldn't have a sense of security in money, and she said, I'm sorry, I'm old, got to put my reading glasses on, our sense of security should come from our skills, our experiences, our connections, our resourcefulness, our intellect, our creativity, and this community, and that's pretty neat because those are all things you can control. We have no idea what the 4% rule is going to do. We can't control any of that. But there's all these great things we can control. And I'm convinced that if I ran out of money that I would be able to figure something out. And I think you all are too. It always cracks me up when people have that thought. I'm like, I was talking to some guy a couple of weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I work for uh, SpaceX. I'm 29. I have 1.2. But I'm kind of afraid of retiring because what happens if the money goes south? I'm like, Dude, you're not even 30 and you've got over a million bucks and you're worried about how you can figure out money if it all goes down the tubes. I'm like, dude, I, I think you'd probably be able to figure something out. And we might not all be as smart as that guy. He's pretty smart, but I think we'd probably all be able to do something and we wouldn't. Go, no, finish. Yeah, yeah I just no, was going to say. We wouldn't be in a bad place. We'd, we'd land on our feet somehow. I mean, let's be real. Like this group, like the people that worry about it, the people that think about it. I mean, we're going to be the least likely people to run into issues, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my fear, if, if I'm answering that question, is death just because, you know, I feel like I have a whole lot of life left to live. I've got a lot of things I want to do. And I tend to follow the math and I feel comfortable with the math. And if the math works, then I'm not worried. Yeah, I'd go live in Doug's basement or maybe Dusty's. <laughs> is anyone afraid of not living? Expound on that. Yeah, so I think we're here and we do our day-to-day. And are we actually enjoying our day-to-day? Mm. You know, because you can live forever. And that's great. But if you don't have quality of life, mm. what good is the longevity? I guess that's one of my thoughts. And let me look at the exact question here. So I'm really not afraid of either one, but more likely dying young. Cancer's in the family, so that's a lot more likely for me. But yeah, I'm not too worried. Like what you guys said makes total sense where, you know, we're kind of on top of it. And, you know, the money I'm not too concerned about. Yeah. Do you have anything? I think that's it. She looks like she has thoughts. I'm I'm excited for this next question for you. Oh, great. (laughs) Which is, could you please expound upon the state of meteorology and more specifically, why weather forecasts are wrong 97% of the time? (laughs) Too soon. Too soon, Dusty. Too soon. Did you write that? I'm just the reader. Did you write that? No, no. No, I did not. Okay. 
Where are my St. Louis friends? They're back there somewhere. Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier today. So, y'all never remember when we're right. We are right a lot. <laughs> People only remember when we're wrong. I get so mad. Um, you know, well, okay, snow's the worst. It's impossible to forecast. And you can make this map. And I mean, somebody could have six inches of snow a mile from their house, but if they didn't get it, you were wrong. And you're an idiot and you don't know what you're talking about. It's maddening. Um, it's not an exact science, and I feel like people are smart enough to understand that. I mean, you guys know that nobody can predict the future with 100% accuracy, right? I mean, we know this. Um, but yet, some, for some reason, people seem to think that we, we can. You know, and um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a pretty big miss. We were thinking there was a pretty high probability of storms, and there was a chance they were going to be severe, and it just didn't come together. And I got a lot of little nasty tweets and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm sorry you didn't have a tornado? Like, what is wrong with you, right? So I just get so frustrated because... Again, not an exact science. We're right way more than we're wrong. Ninety, um, I would say we're right 80% of the time. Whoever wrote that. Yeah. 80% right, 20% wrong. No, I would say 85% right. I don't know. I would, I would have to do some research. But my whole thing is, um, somebody even wrote, they're like, well, maybe you shouldn't rely so much on computer models or forecast models. I'm like... What am I supposed to use, my crystal ball? Like, that's literally how we do our job, you know? So, I, I mean, I'm just the, I'm the messenger. I can only tell you what I know when I know it. And, yeah, the forecast changes. People get mad. They're like, well, you said three days ago this, and now you're saying this. Well, yeah, I mean, the forecast is constantly changing. So the state of meteorology is, um, you know, there's these computer models. There's multiples of them. Some of them do better in one situation. Others do better in others. Sometimes they're all in agreement, and they're still wrong. Sometimes they're all over the board, and it's up to me to kind of look at it and use my gut and think and tell you, really, it is. It's, a, it's an educated guess, like what I think is going to happen. But, um, yeah, we're wrong. I mean, it just comes with the territory. I, I can't imagine that people think we're actually going to get it right 100% of the time. I mean, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> and, we, and we preface that even by saying probabilities. You know, we're like, there's an 80% chance of this, or there's a 20% chance of this, and it's going to be isolated, and then people still get mad. Well, it didn't rain at my house. Well, we said it was going to be isolated, you know? Right. like. So I, I have a question. I didn't sorry, I get a little heated. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't submit. <laughs> I didn't submit the question. I want to make that super okay. clear. So I didn't submit the question. But... Why is there such a high degree of precision in the number, right? So there's precision and accuracy. We may need to take it offline. But why Why is it like 96% chance of rain? Like, couldn't it be like a color system or something? So it's, it, it sounds so precise is what I'm getting at. Well, we don't usually say 96% chance of rain. <laughs> we usually at least use rounder numbers. <laughs> but yeah, it's just probability. Like, I mean... Um, an 80% chance of rain would be widespread rain across the area, right? And a 20% would be like isolated rain across the area. But I want to share something with you guys, especially at elevation with snow. I don't, um, I mean, I live in St. Louis, so we don't get a ton, but you guys probably get a lot more in, in Denver. So, or in the Denver area. So do you feel like your meteorologists do a pretty good job with snow predictions in terms of like amounts? 
I stopped watching a, a little while back. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> those meteorologists don't know what they're talking about, so you don't watch anymore. That's right. That's right. That's what started all of this. They're, pre- they're pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah. Good. Um, what's interesting, um, and since we're all numbers people, you guys will appreciate this, one inch of rain equals roughly 10 inches of snow. However, if it's a dry snow, that's 20 inches of snow. If it's a really wet snow, that's five inches of snow. So is it going to be a dry snow? Is it going to be a wet snow? Is it going to be an average snow? Oh, but wait, part of that's going to be freezing rain or part of it's going to be sleet. Let's divide up that one inch of rain and what portion is what and at what time does it change? You can have a difference of one degree in the upper atmosphere, which makes the difference between an inch of sleet and 10 inches of snow. Because I've missed that one before. And let me tell you, we had forecasted a big, big, big snow and all we got was a little sleet and people People lost their minds. And I'm like, you guys, it was one degree in the upper atmosphere. But that's not what they see. But that's literally what it was. It's very challenging. Snow forecasting or winter weather forecasting is the absolute worst. That was probably way more than you ever expected to get out of that. <laughs> I, I hate to bring this back to money, but <laughs> I guess that's my role. Uh, what would you change about your finances right now? Do Why don't you go? start? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. The, I don't know, the dumb answer is just to have more money, you know, but pretty solid right now. I feel pretty good about it. I wouldn't change anything in a major way other than just having a little bit more. What do you think? I agree. I mean, it's always nice to have a little bit more. I think one of the things that I did recently after having a conversation is just make my investments more aggressive. So I'm pretty happy with that change. And I think I would actually work less. That's actually one of my plans going forward is to work less. So Mm. being comfortable not having more, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. We're way more than I ever thought I would be, which is great. Um, There was an investment I did a couple years ago. I wish I would have put a little bit more money into that. We'll talk about that offline. But I don't know. I kind of wish I had less of it because that would have meant I spent more of it, especially our kids' formative years. Like, uh, does anyone read the Wait But Why blog? Like, raise your hand. Have you ever heard about it? So he's got one blog post where he talks about once your kids are 18 and they leave the house, you've spent almost all the time you've ever spent with your kids, like 95%, I think. And that's true, but I think it's even more powerful to think, like, once your kids turn 13, they might not like you anymore. So you've got this very narrow window to create memories and experiences with them. And I wish I would have let loose a little bit earlier when they were younger. Like we just did a helicopter ride in Hawaii a couple months ago and it was glorious. And uh, I was a little bit hesitant at first to spend the money on it. And as soon as I got in this thing, I'm like, this was so good. I wish I would have been doing stuff like this all along. So I wish I would have less money now, which is a strange answer, but there you have it. You wish you had less money right now? Yes. Wait, what? Can you can you explain yeah. a little bit yeah, more I, on I, that? I wish I would have spent more. On oh, you wish I would have spent more. Yeah, okay. and it's still it's still a struggle because uh, have any of you seen what Taylor Swift tickets have been going for? <laughs> <laughs> one of my kids got a ticket, the other one did not, and the one that did not really wants a ticket, and I go to look it up, and it, man, it's like $2,000, but... I should just go ahead and do it and not even think about the price because she'll remember that forever. Mm. Yeah, experiences is where it's at, right? Yeah, like the so. helicopter. Yeah, I don't. I I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Like, I wish I just would have found you know fire earlier. Like a lot of us do. I think I wish I would have had all this knowledge. 
Because, you know, when I was coming up, the Internet didn't exist. Right, Carl? You're yeah. about the same age. Like, we didn't have all this information back when. So how did you find it? How did I find it? So growing up uh, without much, um, I looked around and I saw a lot of financial stress in the family, creditor calls, upsetting my mother, you know, things like this. It was, it was just always a struggle. And I looked around at that situation and I said, this will not be my life. When I'm able to it be my life, this is not what it's going to look like and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So um, no one in my family like had ever gone to college or anything like that. So I did what it took. You know, I had multiple jobs, took out school loans, did all the things. Um, now, looking at what some of you guys make, I'm like, man, I should have been an engineer or computer science. Or No, I love what I do. I do, but it doesn't pay what people think that it pays. But um, but it's gotten me to where I am. I just wish I would have found, how did I find it? Okay, let me go back. I've always kind of really known the value of a dollar because of how I grew up and because I had to struggle for everything that I had. And my very good friend, Eric, sitting over there, had a very similar situation. And uh, we've been friends for over 20 years, and we talk about all this stuff. And I, I feel like it was about 2018 or something. He said to me, something about fire. He was like, oh, there's this book. And I'm like, what, fire? What is this thing? And um, he let me borrow the book. And I immediately did this just hardcore deep dive. I found the Choose FI podcast. And I started reading online and just really just went in deep. And, um, and now I educate him on some stuff. <laughs> no, but he told me about um, when he pulled the, his, his uh, fire trigger a couple years ago. So he's been retired. And uh, he went to his first camp a couple years ago and told me, oh, this is really great. You should check this out. So I came from my very first one here last summer with him. And I was like, this is amazing. I have to go back. But I still work, so I can't go to all of them. But I'll go to at least one a year and economy, try to spread myself out as much as I can. Because I really felt like when I came to camp that I found my tribe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really felt like these are my people. I find that if you have... Um, these sort of values in common, you find that you have a lot of other values in common and you just really hit it off with the people. And I just never experienced that before as an adult. And I just, when I came last year, you guys, I don't know if anybody else is having this experience, but I was like the last person to go to bed and like the first person to get up because I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to miss any conversations. So this year I'm being a little bit better and trying to get a little bit more sleep because I ran myself absolutely ragged. But it was for a good reason. I was just enjoying it so much. Yeah. So I'm going to throw a question back at y'all. And I think this came up earlier today. Is this a cult? <laughs> My husband thinks so. <laughs> yeah. so. So we've never met him before. Is he a, is he a real person, Kristen? He is. He is. Um, he is a firefighter. And wait, he... Wait, this kind of fire or real fire? No, real fires. Okay. That's funny. Say, don't go yeah. against us, firefighter. Right. Yeah. No, okay. the blaze, like fire, like fire. Yeah. Um, he... You know, he just grew up very differently. He wasn't spoiled, but he also never really wanted for anything. So we had very different backgrounds in that way. So he never really educated himself very much on the topic. Just kind of just didn't care. You know, money was there. There was always enough. It wasn't something to really think about. So it's been great because he's kind of let me kind of drive the, the boat a little bit, you know. But he also thinks you're attending a cult. Well, he, he said that once sort of in a joking fashion. I'm not really sure. I should ask him, like, what he really thinks. But, um he would, yeah, he, this would not be his, his jam, but he's also very, um, kind of an introvert. And I know you guys say you are too, like you, you guys talk about that sometimes, right? Don't you say that you're a little bit of an introvert? Yes. Yeah. Um, but do you have like a lot of social anxiety? Um, so I think we're all 
extroverts, but we have to be with our spectrum of people. I think if you're a politician person or maybe a weather person, you're comfortable around a wide yeah. group of people. But I think I'm pretty comfortable around a narrow band of people. But mm. this group of people happens to be my right. group of people. Because so I feel at home you're here. so similar in yeah. your values and stuff. Yeah, he's just a little bit of a, has a lot of social anxiety. So this probably wouldn't be his jam. But he fully supports me doing this kind of stuff and also like i said he he kind of lets me handle i mean i always let him know what i'm doing but it's really great that he kind of lets me handle the finance stuff and, and be in charge of that because he's just not interested okay yeah so, so doug is this a cult you kind of look like a cult leader you've got the head if you just had the, the <laughs> thank you who would our leader be doug doug that, it has been a dream since i was a <laughs> young young guy you know don't drink the kool-aid you guys <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm gonna have like free Kool-Aid later. You guys just chuck it out in the other room. Here. I uh, I remember when I heard Mr. Money Mustache Pete on the Tim Ferriss podcast, and he talked about whether he started a cult. And there are some uh, there's some parallels. Like? There's a couple. I think you have to have like a, there's an us versus them component, oh. right? Check. There's a <laughs> there's a figurehead, right? There's a one leader. Mm. There there's a couple others. Do you remember some, Carl? There's a few things. There's like maybe five or six. And Might be uh, a ceremony which we'll have in the basement later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of check marks here. We'll have to we'll have to look at it. I think I think it could be a cult. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty, what do you think? Cult community. Same thing, right? Tomato, tomato. It's a fine line. Fair. Very. Very. Right. Um, what are the most efficient tools to plan your FI path and to keep track of the development? I'll jump in and hopefully, Carl, you can come up with some other stuff too. Or others, right? Of course. We keep it simple. We started tracking our net worth maybe in 2014 with just simple spreadsheets. And we've just expanded on that. We've made things a little more complicated, but we don't use any sophisticated tools. We just keep it pretty simple. And and that's about it. I Generally, I like to use the simplest tool possible and not make it complicated. I heard Merck Trotman say a couple weeks ago that we are a product of the people who were around. So I think the best tool you can do is to come to things like this and be mm -hmm. around with like-minded people who inspire you and don't pressure you to do silly things with money and we'll help you do good things with money. We actually had someone here today who showed us a really great tool. Uh, New Retirement Online, it's a great little tool. Am I saying, you guys, am I saying that right? New Retirement? Yeah, it's an online tool. I just put all my stuff in, um, in is it Empower? What, it, it was the name change recently, Personal Capital Empower, same, same, yeah. Um, I am a unique um, campfire in that I've never built a spreadsheet in my life. And, oh, a few others? Okay, I know. I don't know. I've never learned. I don't know. I literally used to just type it. Like, I was like, this is how much this is, and this is, and I'd like print it out. And I did that for about 10 years. And then the last year, I finally put it in um, personal capital. So now I can just check my net worth. And then I just kind of projected forward when I expect that to be the number I need it to be to fire, if you will. Super simple. Yeah. I would agree with the people part. I think that the more things that you can go to where you're having conversations about money, you just, you do make better choices. It's easy to make a good choice. So I love that one. What is your advice to fast track pursue a FI if real estate is not an option and index accumulation takes too long? 
We have to earn more money. I think that's the only the only thing you could do. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, there's no shortcuts for that. I don't think. <laughs> I think somebody, I don't want to spend my fi time in prison. Yeah, yeah. Someone someone said kill your loved one and inherit. Is that what they said? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Prison would be a good fi hack though. Like, oh, your meals. Care yes. Of. Yeah, you've, got, you've got a community there. You've got <laughs> Might have a great gym facility. <laughs> if you were to start a podcast today, where would you start? Like how would you start? Like what? What? what where? Like what was? What do you think they meant by that? That's yeah, we'll question. just yeah we'll make an assumption that they just Maui. want to start a show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd come up with an idea. Yeah, so you Step have one. to you have to find a topic area, and I usually recommend people find something that they're interested in that they can stick with for a while. It's pretty hard to do a podcast. We make it look super easy and casual. We've been drinking all day, you know, but you're going to have to stick with it for a little while. And I've helped people start some shows and uh, I tell them you're maybe going to need to record 50 or 100 shows before you feel a little comfortable. That's a long time if you're doing like one show per week, like that's a whole year of commitment, like many hours. So it's a lot of work. So make sure you pick something that you're interested in that you'll be excited to work on for a while. And yeah, just practice, get the reps in. Like the more you, the more episodes you do, the better. So Carl, do you have any yeah. tips? So we interviewed Chris Hutchins earlier this week. Has anyone ever heard of him? He has a podcast called All the Hacks. Yeah, I love he's, it. He's really good. And what he said is sometimes I'll have stuff on my podcast that I don't, think my audience might care that much about but I care about it a lot is and as long as I'm enthusiastic about it I'll do a good job with it so like Kristen you're very enthusiastic about tornadoes and yeah. stuff like that so you should have a weather podcast I should if you ever do one yeah that's not a bad idea but yeah. I've been doing weather for 27 years so I kind of feel like maybe I should pivot and find a yeah. new something because it's but you know I, I, ironically um, can I tell them what you told me that you would love to see one day um, the tornado, a tornado oh, in yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he was like, oh, I'd love to see a tornado in person. I said, you know, me too. Like, I've always been obsessed with, like, watching the storms. Yeah. When I was a kid, I loved to sit on the front porch and watch the storms. We had a covered porch. Um, and ironically, now, when the weather's at its worst, I'm in a windowless studio tracking it on the radar. So I'm actually looking forward to once I'm retired and being able to watch the storms again, you know? And I guess you kind of already have a podcast. It's just one that's on TV. Oh. And, uh, all St. Louis is watching. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, you know, we've been talking about recently about how that's going to be when I do finally pull my fire trigger because I've been doing this for so long. You know, your identity kind of gets tied up in it a little bit and what that transition is going to be like. How many hours a week does a weather person work? Well, so we're salaried, so my boss likes to remind me that when, you know, we have to do some long days every once in a while, you know, you don't get to complain about that. But honestly, most weeks it's just 40. So do you like it when the weather really goes to shit? Because that's got to be good for ratings, right? Like if there's 10 tornadoes that show up, everyone's going to tune in. And, like you'll well, be the biggest person in St. Louis at that time, right? Uh, actually, our ratings do go way up when there's weather. People yeah, tune in because people want to know what's going on, for sure. But, but I do want to elaborate on this. 
because this also came up in conversation. People seem to think that we, oh, I think you guys might have said this. People think that we act like it's going to be a bigger deal than it is for ratings, right? Yeah, that sounds like. Why would I? Oh, I hit the table. Sorry. I get, I just get worked up. Why would I do that? Because like that hurts our credibility, right? So why would I do that? It's not like I get a raise when the ratings go up. I don't get a pay cut when they go down, right? So there's no reason to like trump anything. I'm going to tell you what I know when I know it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real honest about what we don't know, like what, you know, things like that. But um, yes, it is true though. When we have really bad weather, everybody's tuning in because people get scared and I get it. I mean, people get really, do you guys get a lot of tornado warnings where you are? Yes. Okay. Not too many. We don't. We don't yeah. get that many. It's, no. it's a couple. But what's all this storm in the century stuff? I see all the time. I, That's what gets. Oh, but see, <laughs> here's the thing. That's not meteorologists writing that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we like try. You know, producers sometimes will write. Um, like there will be a promo or we're advertising the ten o'clock news and blah 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 coming up at ten or whatever, and they will write something for me to say and. Sometimes it's meteorologically incorrect. Like just last week, somebody wrote something like, Kristen's tracking um, severe weather moving in. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm tracking the possibility of severe weather. You know what I mean? So just little things like that. So we try to make sure it's correct. But producers and like managers and things like that, yeah, they like to do some of that. I I'm almost certain, I can't be 100% sure, but I'm 99% sure that a meteorologist probably didn't write that line. Fair enough. Side note, I I love the, the weather too even though I'm coming at you hard, but we were driving through uh, Southern Colorado, going by the sand dunes. There were so many uh, dust devils mm. and I was like mesmerized. Cool. I would see them for whatever, it's 30 miles out. Super cool, yeah, and they really, like right by the sand dunes. It was awesome. I, I do have a really good tornado story. So I was in, uh, I'll back up a second. Our four-year-old went through a phase where she learned about tornadoes and that became her biggest fear in life. Anytime mm. the wind kicked up, she was convinced a tornado was coming and, and that was the end of the world. So we went on vacation in Pismo Beach and I'm sitting here. She's across the table from me and there's a TV above her head where she can't see it. And I look up and there's a picture of a tornado right there on the TV. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I hope she doesn't see it. And then I look down on the TV and it says Longmont, Colorado. I'm like, dude, we had just gone through the past six months convincing her that tornadoes do not come to Colorado, that they hate Colorado. <laughs> How do I make her not turn around to look at the TV for the next And she didn't, so it turned out okay. So I hope you. <laughs> do, do people blame you for bad weather, Kristen? Because I think I'm kind of. They tend to. Okay. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. It's kind of silly, but they do. Okay. But so we, I joke a lot when we do have nice weather. I'll be, I'll say things like, "Do I get some credit for this?" Yeah, it goes you know, both ways. right? Exactly. So I think we could keep talking about that for a long time, but I was going to say, Dusky, you've recorded some podcasts with me. So the original question was about podcasts, if I'm going oh, back in my mind. Is that right? <laughs> so, so you've recorded some with me. Do you have any insights mm-hmm. on the like podcast now that you've sat on the other side of the mic? Have a friend that has a really great setup and it makes it very easy. Mm. I would totally borrow your setup and start my own podcast. Um, but if I had to do all of the work or start from scratch, I think that would be much harder. Yeah. So I think reaching out to someone so that you know or could even use the equipment to just see if you enjoy it before you make those purchases. And also don't be afraid. I think sometimes people are afraid to start a podcast or to start something new because there's already a million podcasts, a million blogs. Who has time for one more? Well, maybe yours is the one more that people actually want to listen to. Yeah. 
I'm curious how much time you guys spend in like post. Very little. So I do all the all the post and all the production probably another thirty minutes oh. or something like that, and then that's it. We do extremely little editing, no editing. That explains how some of the stories to make, make the podcast. Yeah, make yeah. the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Indeed. And then uh, one other thing I'll throw in is some libraries will have like a media area and you can like ch- like go and record. Sometimes they have video. And actually, I, I can't remember. I think I told you, Carl. So this show and my other show, they're on the public access in Longmont. So we're like we're on TV, like Wayne's World style. Oh. So they like contacted me and I'm like, sure, you could put it up there if I don't have to do any work. So, so yeah, we're on TV in Longmont. Do they edit us? Because sometimes we say a bad word. Like, are we going to get canceled in Longmont because of our? You, you get a fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll get fine. I I told him I was like, hey, just put a disclaimer because there's some financial stuff. So put a disclaimer mm. on there. And I was like, we cuss and say stuff. So if you need to edit it, like, just beware. Like, how do we watch this? This is, this is kind of. I know you told me this before, but this is kind of. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's on, I don't know how to get TV locally. I don't have cable, right? Uh, but you could stream it online. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, but I think it comes over the air, maybe. Do you have an antenna on your TV? or No. <laughs> Do you watch TV locally? No. <laughs> I will now, though. <laughs> now it's going to be on in the background all the time. <laughs> What advice do you have to go from planning to taking action? So if you make a plan, then how do you actually go from, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing to succeeding? I'll just, it was on the same sheet as that. It was. Uh, Okay. So we'll assume it's related to podcasting, just to make it kind of related here. Um, One good thing to do is to tell a bunch of people mm-hmm. what your plan is because then you have like some credibility with other people. Quick example, Carl and I are doing this right now. We've been telling people we're going to write a book for a month or two and everyone thought we were joking at first. Weren't but, you joking at first? Yeah, it's actually true. We were <laughs> oh. joking at first, yeah. <laughs> but then it became real and we're actually heading from here to the mountains in Leadville to write for a few days. Oh, wow. So telling people like kind of forces you, like you kind of have to live up to what you said to other people. So Carl, do you have any tips for taking action? I think sometimes there's going to be discomfort and you just have to force yourself over the edge and make yourself do it knowing that the comfort time and you'll be happy for having done it, but you're going to have to push yourself through some things that you might not enjoy. I think it's helpful also to do, um, I guess, a pre-mortem. Like, why is it going to fail? You know, what are all the things that are going to go wrong with this plan so that you know what you're going to do when things go sideways? And nice. so that would be my addition. How do you know you have enough money? And I'm not going to answer this question because I feel like people try to tell me I have enough money and I'm always like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel the same way. She does. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you should um, do the things that you love before you think you have enough. Um, I think you'll be able to figure something out. And uh, I think all of us are pretty much, I was talking about this at the last campfire. uh, Do you know at what age your body starts to decline? Like what is your peak year in life? Does anyone? 
What was the answer? Two five. Two five. Yeah, it's pretty close. So hmm. it's uh, it, like somewhere between twenty five and thirty, and then after that, it's all downhill. So the the, the tragedy of life is we have the most money when we're least uh, when we're in the worst condition to actually use it. So. Uh, if everything was perfect, we would have a lot of money when we're like 30 and then not much when we're old, but it works in reverse. So I would say uh, live a little bit and err on the side of maybe a little bit of danger while you're young. Again, not financial advice, big yeah. asterisk. Well, what was the original question, Dustin? Well, when do you think you have enough? Yeah. How do you know you have enough money? When or how do you know you have enough money? I just say trust the math, but others would probably disagree. But that's me. Like if, if, if yeah. the math works... My science brain, that's just what it tells me, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. I think some people, they always think they need a little bit more. And it's, I mean, you could be a little bit more comfortable if you have like 50K more. And it's, that's a slippery slope because like 50K more is always a little bit better. And that's only, you know, it's just a little bit more work. Maybe it's a few months, maybe it's another year or whatever. But, you can get pretty damn close if you just use like many of the calculators that are out there. And once you're not financial advice, but once you're like 80% there, like you're probably okay to be flexible. And like, maybe you could be a little more risky with your spending or whatever, and just kind of open things up. But yeah, that's a mindset thing. I think also, and I know, I know someone they want to have a contingency for everything in the future, like 40, 50 years ahead of time. And it's like any assumption is really, I mean, it's hard even for really qualified people to even predict the weather just a few days ahead of time. <laughs> so how, how can we even predict, you know, 40, 50 years ahead of time? It's impossible. You owe me a sweatshirt now, Doug. <laughs> if someone would like to tell Kristen, you can do this afterwards, who wrote the weather questions so she isn't playing us, and so we all can still be friends after this recording. Uh, okay. Doug and I would appreciate it. Here's the thing, though. Like, I get it from the public every day. It's fine. It's fine. I'm used to it. I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Doug isn't an instigator at all. <laughs> Carl, do you feel you've changed after Ramit Sethi's interview? Ooh. Uh, okay, so I... I think I've always uh, had a poor relationship with money. Uh, childhood was kind of chaotic and money was my security blanket. And uh, I remember we went on, we went on this podcast and uh, we have a, a good amount of money now. And it's just because it, people think it's a good thing, but I say it's an error in me because it was I hoarded it because mm. it gave me comfort in life. So I don't think it's something to brag about. I actually think it's something that's not good and it's a reflection on trauma I had. Uh, so I've done a lot of thinking about it and the, th the two thoughts I've come to is, um, yeah, I try to, so I think if something will bring you efficiency, make your life better, you should spend money on it and make you healthier. But the thing is like, none of that stuff is that expensive. Like it doesn't cost much to go to the Longmont Rec Center. People talked about that being an expensive place. 700 bucks a year for a family plan, it's great. You just need to have the family plan or have a, a couple's plan. This is a pet peeve of mine because you have to pay a singles tax if mm. you're just solo. Dusty, is there any way I can add you? Or? I, yeah. We need to figure that well, out. Well, Doug yeah. and Elizabeth tried to add me. Yeah. Apparently, thruples are not a thing in Longmont. <laughs> <laughs> 
polygymerous <laughs> in New York. Um, yeah, so most of the things that I think will, that will make my life better, easier, and more efficient aren't actually that expensive, and I try to think of stuff every day. Like, even if we had TEDx, the money we had, I still live in the same neighborhood, and, like, core life is pretty good. I don't want to change anything. Like, I'm not in a, a fancy vacation. I'm here hanging out with y'all right now because this is what brings me joy. So what I've come to is... If this brings me joy, hanging out with people I like, maybe there's a way I could spend money on that and elevate that experience a little bit. Like do this in a fun environment, and that goes back to the whole renting a mansion or castle thing. But mm -hmm. I'm glad we were on repeat because I think I'm in a better place. But I just uh, like if if something will bring you money or if something will bring you happiness, you should do it right now and buy it. I just can't think of much except for elevating these kind of experiences like we're having right now. What do you think, Dusty? Yeah, do more. Do more of that. Do more experiences. Yeah. Do more of life with the people that matter. Okay. What should we do, Dusty? I feel, I'm pretty simple. I feel like we need more community dinners and ice cream and, yeah, do more concerts. Okay. Yeah, concert in Longmont, August 26th that I paid for, if anyone's in town. It's going to be great. So, quick follow-up on the Ramit show. Did you listen to the final edit, or you just... Yeah, did you listen to the show? No. Okay. I was curious how, because it was like three and a half hours. Yep. And the edit was maybe like an hour and 20 minutes or so. So I'm just like, I'm curious what you think, if I can get you to listen to it sometime, to see if they gave the same impression as what you thought after you recorded it. Okay. So. Yeah, Mindy actually did listen to it. Uh, she doesn't mind the sound of her own voice. Uh, and uh, I think she was pleased by it. She thought they did a good job and didn't throw us under the bus too much. Yeah, it was pretty good. They tried to follow some story arc, so they like beat you up for like 45 minutes, and then they like pulled it back together at the end, I thought. Okay. So. Was he nice at the end? Like he was towards the end when we talked to him, he's like, you guys don't want to change. I'm like, well, we're here because I want to change. Hmm. It was... Uh, I wouldn't specifically say nice, but he like he brought it back up and gave like some actionable kind of tips. Yeah. So he's kind of mean, so Mindy kind of knows him and has talked to him. So I'm like, oh, this will be great. We'll go on here. It'll be like our friends and all that. And yeah. And it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you could experience being any other person for 24 hours, who would you pick and why? Wow, that's a hard one. Does anybody have anything off the top of their head? I want to be Taylor Swift. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I think yeah. the people who I'd want to be, but just for the experience, like to be an, an astronaut, like taking off on a rocket, like that'd be pretty cool to mm -hmm. experience. But not any specific person. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. Maybe Beyonce for a day or something. <laughs> yeah. If I could have that voice for a day. Mm-hmm. How has your outlook on life changed in the past two years? I feel like my life has gotten bigger in the last two years because I've been in Longmont for 18 months. So I just feel like um, it's not often as an adult that you get to live the way that you did in college, where it's really easy to just say, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to have dinner together? Do you want to go running? Oh, your daughter has a dance recital. Great. Let's get together and go. So for me, I feel like my life has just gotten bigger and I've had more experiences, which is this because of the FI community in Longmont or just the I don't community think in general? I think it's the community in general. 
You know, like, I think it's just the fact that there are more people that have the time, energy, and ability to just be together. Like, that's kind of the mindset. So, similar values. And it's not just the people in our Phi community. It's the community in general, for sure. Y'all are really making me want to move to Longmont. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, uh, similar just being in Longmont, I didn't anticipate having like a lot of new friends, but it has been awesome. There's like a whole group of people that go hang out. Like last night, it was uh, FinTox. So mm -hmm. there were like 70 people at the Mr. Money Mustache headquarters and just like similar to this, like everybody just wants to hang out and talk and socialize. A lot of people are from the area, but some people like came in from pretty far. Um, so... Yeah, super community there, which, like you said, Dusty, when we're when we're old, when we're in our 40s, you know, <laughs> usually we're not making a ton of new friends. Would you stop bratting out how old I am? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling like I'm in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you guess? Well, I was just going to add, it's just, it's so hard, you know, making, you know, like you said, unlike college, like making friends as an adult, right? And a lot of women you know, my age have kids and they become friends with their kids, friends, moms. Right. So I kind of like, I didn't have that. And I live in a place that I didn't grow up. And it seems like so many people are still friends with the people they went to high school and it's been really challenging. So like I have a friend that lives in that state, another friend in that state, another friend in that state, and that's challenging. And then I hear you guys talk about your experience you have and I'm like, Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, you can move there. It's only like I 900 know, miles away. I know. We have weather in Longmont, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, this would be after I pull my, my fire trigger. But that's one of the new things for me is that I finally set that date. And it's T minus three years and counting or less. I've been able to finally set like a target nice. date, which is new information for me, which is very exciting. Awesome. We have fires in Longmont, too, for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... This next one is very important. Please address the meaning of life and whether humans have free will over the smell of their pee after eating asparagus. <laughs> Does anyone want to talk about the meaning of life? Is a smell I will a leave smell that open. No one has smelled it, like the tree in the forest thing? Like, if you, <laughs> you hold your nose, is it still a smell? That's a good question. I think we have free will over whether or not we choose to smell our asparagus pee. <laughs> <laughs> just, just plug your nose when you're using the bathroom after eating asparagus. Hold your breath, go in there real quick and get out or pre-spray, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were talking earlier about white asparagus, which you saw in Germany, I think, correct? Yes. And you were telling me that that makes you immune. Like if you eat that asparagus, then your pee doesn't smell. That was what the Germans told me. I might not. I you didn't try it? I might have misunderstood them. I don't know. It was it, like food. Like uh, it was raw asparagus and we had no way to cook it and mm. to try it. But. Okay. And I, don't, I haven't seen it in the United States. I saw it as a kid, but I haven't seen it here lately. Has anyone seen white asparagus at their farmer's market? Okay. So Did you eat it? Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check that out. <laughs> to be continued. Oh, yeah, but the meaning of life thing. Be happy, I think, probably. Do what it's brings okay. you joy. Yeah. Agreed. Did you have any thoughts, Carl? I was going to say be present because when you're focused on the current moment, you're not worried about the future and you're mm. not um, uh, regretting the past. So be happy and 
find people who you enjoy spending time with. And I don't know. There's, that's, I think one of the great joys of life is just having interesting people to spend your hours with and be present with them. What is something you value but struggle or have hesitation spending money on? TSA pre-check. Oh, <laughs> you know there are credit cards that will give you that for I, free. I, I did get it. It's so worth Like I was living life wrong the whole time. Like, now you're going to have to get clear. Yeah, it'll happen. Mine is easy. I run a lot. And yet I struggle to pay full price for Newton running shoes or even to get them on sale from the Newton website. I always wait for them to come up on eBay and then I buy like six pairs. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. I do a pretty good job spending money. My wife hates it. She, <laughs> that ties but, into the next question. That's great. The, um, but similar, I buy a lot of like used, not a lot, but some used clothes on uh, eBay. So I'll get like Patagonia, I'll get like nicer brands, but a lot of times people get it, it's the wrong size and it's like brand new. So I'll just save a search and kind of skimp on the price, but um, I could just buy what I need when I need it instead of like waiting around and wasting time. So I feel like my spending is really in line with my values, so I don't really feel any guilt about any of it. Um, I think a lot of people think I spend a ton of money on clothes. You wouldn't believe how, I mean, I get almost all these dresses off Amazon for $35. Um, people just sort of assume that they're all like really pricey things and they're not. Um, I do my own nails. You know, I, I suppose if, if really fancy nails brought me value and joy, I would pay for that, but they don't. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about any of that. My travel is my, one of my greatest passions and I do that, but you know, it's credit card points. So I don't feel guilty about that at all. Some kind of surprise is a TV celebrity like clothing people don't send you like clothes. <laughs> Misconception. Really? People think people do our hair and our makeup and they buy our clothes and none of that. Okay. Yeah, none of that. We have to buy all our own clothes. We don't get any sort of, um, I think back in the day, like 20 plus years ago, people would get like a little extra in their paycheck for these kind of things, but that went away a long time ago. So we're all on the hook for all of that. What do you and your partner argue about? I'm off the hook. What, what have you guys got? Yeah, yeah. My husband will never listen to this, so I can probably just go ahead and spill. Yeah, yeah. Um, this actually came up um, in a conversation I had with these guys last night. So I have a stepson who is very coddled. And, you know, I grew up having to just fight for every little thing, right? And he has never wanted for anything. You know, and I very much from I met my stepson when he was like six. So I thought, oh, we should give him an allowance so that if he wants something, if he doesn't have enough money, he learns how to save. And like none of that ever happened. Mm -hmm. He wanted an iPhone when he's nine. Yeah, let's buy him a brand new iPhone. Like, are you kidding me? The $20,000 car when he turns 16. Like it, it's it's that has been probably our biggest thing. And um, at the end of the day, um, I. Uh, it's not my child. It's not, it's, I mean, I guess it's our money, but, but my husband makes a lot more money and he's spending it out of his account. So I'm just kind of like, we had to come to some sort of agreement. It's really more so me. Um, and I'm just like, as long as you promise me not to decrease your savings rate and we're continuing to save, you know, at the same rate and the same amount. And um, then if you want to spend whatever you spend on him and not make him pay for anything, even though he's almost 19 and has a job and has zero financial responsibility, then I guess you can do that as long as you swear he is not going to be living in our basement when he's 30. 
and he swears that won't happen. But that's sort of our biggest thing. And he feels like I want him to suffer like I did. And I'm like, no, but I feel like there's a big spectrum between having zero help at all and really struggling and not having any financial responsibility. And I feel like it would be healthy if we could find some sort of moderation, but that has not happened. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of our biggest issue. Do you guys have any pointers on that? Any suggestions? <laughs> every kids are hard because what resonates with one kid is going to, like, every human is different. Like, we have two kids, and they're completely different. So what resonates with one, we try to instill our financial wherewithal into them. And what resonates with one, it completely bounces off the other one. So it's not easy. It has to be um, tailor-made for each kid. But I don't think not everything should be a handout. Like, they don't necessarily have to struggle, but... I think they should struggle a little bit too. Just to appreciate yeah, money. exactly. If they want something, like okay, great, you go get a job and buy it. Yeah, and well, I don't have kids, so don't take advice from me. But <laughs> I think to y'all's point, basically, as soon as your stepson hits uh, some hurdle. It's like, oh, I didn't have to deal with this ever before, so I don't know how to deal with adversity. So I think there's some value. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. yeah so I think that's... Some value I, in a I little bit of you. struggle, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be a lot of struggle. Maybe just a little. Just a little bit. Yeah. Check back in in a few years. Let's see if he's living <laughs> in the basement. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll say real quick, I, uh, Mindy is a much better adjusted than me, so our famous story is we had to go from... Here to Florida for a camp fine to save like 20 bucks on a plane ticket. We, instead of getting a direct flight to save money, we flew to Minnesota and then we went to Chicago and then we went to Florida. And I think $20. Spent, it was something like that. <laughs> we spent the whole day on a plane. There was another time where I decided to save money on an Uber by taking a public bus. And I think it took us like two hours to get from the airport to two, where, two, three, where four, we were going. And it would have taken like 15 minutes in the car. Meanwhile, we're missing time with friends. So was I, that your decision or hers? It was mine. Mm. I completely take, and she was right. And now I've seen the error of my ways, but it took like 10 or 20 years to figure it out. Like, yeah. But never again. So what kind of year has this been for you? And secondarily, what are you the proudest of? It's been a great year for me. Um, I've been working less and less. So... I've trimmed it down over the last few years and I'm only working on stuff that I really want to work on. I've been to a couple uh, five events, which is really fun. Meet new people, met Kristen at Economy. Yeah, curious, how many people are going to Economy next year in the audience here? Nice, it's about a third or so. We're, we're traveling a little bit more. We're, we started a quest to visit all the national parks. We started to knock out a few more. So it gives us like a little bit of a guide to, to travel, which is really fun. And what was the second part of the question? What are you the proudest of? of out of everything, wow, that's a really broad question. I learned a bunch of new skills over the past eight years part of podcasting and YouTube and a bunch of other stuff like that. So I didn't know any of this stuff before, but now I've learned a lot. I've been able to connect with a bunch of people. Carl and I started a show and yeah, it's super fun overall. And it makes me confident that I could learn new things when I get bored with this in another 10 years or something like that. I could learn something else then. I'll jump in. Um, I kind of alluded to this before, like I've set my five day, right? So I'm super excited about that, super proud of that, super proud that I feel at a, a very comfortable place financially. I feel like I know, I mean, I 
<laughs> I started to say, I know what the future looks like. We've already established that. Um, I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of, of what the future holds. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I just feel like I'm in a great place. Um, this time last year, oh, yeah, it's a good year. It's a good year. Yeah, yeah I think uh, similar to Doug, this has probably been the best year of my life. I, wow. Yeah, uh, finally at peace with not working. We bought a, uh, which this is probably an error in life, but I bought another house to work on. Our thing was to fix and flip houses. And even though we had enough, we found another one we couldn't resist, and that consumed my life for nine months. But now I finally feel like I'm at peace with money and almost at peace with myself, maybe not quite yet, but I'm in a good place in life and still plenty of work to do. But um, yeah, I'm thankful for where I am. And, and the other thing I'll add to that is um, I'm only at that place because of the FI community and because I've had the time to work on myself and the time to uh, talk to all the people I've met in this community and the time to really re reconsider life. And uh, it, it, I always find it humorous that people talk about all the downsides about leaving work early, but what about all the upside? Like you'll get your physical health in order, you'll get your mental health in order, you have more time for your friends and family, there's so much upside and it can't really be quantified because it's subjective stuff, but it's so much more powerful than money and I acknowledge money is the core of all this and the thing that allows you to, to do all this, but there, there's so much more great things I feel like I finally come into myself as a person, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'd say this year has been very full of life and adventures and also of adulting. So I had a lot of medical stuff at the beginning of the year, things, you know, checkups and things that I had put off. Um, so it felt really good to get through that. And I would say what I am um, probably the most proudest of is giving myself grace to let the balls drop so that I can spend more time with people, you know, because I think those are the things that I'm going to remember. And I'm also really proud of myself for having the courage to leave a job after 17 and a half years. That's so, awesome. yeah. That's a great question to end on. So thanks everyone for submitting questions and tolerating our podcast here. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Dusty, where can people find you? Uh, Dustina Louise on Instagram. Because no one believes that Dusty is my real name. <laughs> It's your real name. It is. All just right. Dusty. And Kristen, where can people find you? Mm, what's the easiest way? Mm. <laughs> they can just watch the weather. Right? Yeah, we'll, if you're in the we'll St. Louis a, area, just turn it on News 4, 100 miles in each direction all the way around St. Louis, you will find me. Um, right. On Facebook, um, I use my professional name, Kristen Cornett, C-O-R-N-E-T-T. -T. Look me up. Cool. We'll put links for that in the show notes and everything. And thanks a lot for recording with us. And thanks, thanks everyone me. here. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.